Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast brought to you by Tricress. We are on a mission to make it happen for every ambitious SME on the planet and we're doing that by delivering you fantastic tried and tested business coaching and consulting through our app called Fuel My Business. We're also doing that through a network of talented and highly experienced Tricrest partners who are on the ground business coaches and consultants. But for today, you're going to hear from real life entrepreneurs and business owners who are on all kinds of journeys, the beginning, the middle and the end. We want you to learn from this and know that you are not alone. Enjoy. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. We have Marcelo De Freitas with us today. He is partner at Tricress. Um, but actually, we're going to talk to him about his management consulting career. He started uh, business consulting in 2006. Uh, hello, Marcelo. How are you today? Very well. Thank you, Rebecca. Good to speak to you. And you too. So you have worked across the world in uh, various shapes and sizes of organizations and you came to us because you said look I've been a business consultant and uh, I've done management consulting I'm now interested in working with slightly different sorts of businesses using my skills and doing more coaching having just graduated from the program Marcelo what are the things that you notice that the key differences between that management consulting bit and that business coaching bit? Well, that's quite a deep question, Rebecca. I would say the biggest difference is the, the coaching is far more personal. So you're dealing with the executive and the management team uh, a lot more often than you would in management consulting where you may be in a particular division of a very large business. Okay. So it straight away takes you to the delivery room and um, your consulting has to be a lot more apt and it has to deliver results a lot quicker. You don't have the luxury of time when you are in a coaching type role because the executive and management team expect results quite quickly. You don't have the luxury of long periods of analysis and um, that kind of process that you would typically have in very large organizations. You're right. And I had never, that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, when we work with SMEs, often it's it's the owner's money that's being spent. Yeah. Um, and you're right, they do want results faster. And that analysis, yeah, we 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 don't do a huge we don't do a huge amount of navel gazing. Um, because a lot of the owners are really impatient, quite frankly. Uh, and they want to get going. So how are you 
looking back on what you delivered to some of those big corporates and thinking, do you know if I if I knew then what I know now, would you have done anything differently? Well, it's it's difficult with with larger organisations to always get airtime with the decision makers. Okay. So uh, it's 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 quite different actually. It's all business at the end of the day. But what's refreshing from from the business coaching point of view is you have the ear of of the exec team, the founder, uh, senior managers, because they really have a vested interest in in making your project or your interaction with them uh, maximize and get results quickly for the business. Yeah. So uh, when you when you're in the corporate world, it's it's a lot more difficult to convince uh, armies of of managers, if you want, to change their way of thinking and their habits. So I find this a lot more refreshing, and uh, it's also nice to take bigger, uh, smaller chunks, really, because you can't go into a business and revamp the business from beginning to end. You actually are, are probably well suited in, in looking at the low hanging fruit and where the improvements can be brought quite quickly. And, um, you know, then together with the team, uh, bring about that change before you move on to maybe a second objective or maybe a third objective. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What did you do before 2006? I have read your CV, I just can't remember. Because <laughs> our <laughs> listeners don't know. So um, I was, I come from an engineering background and um, I was an executive in a construction business, which uh, we sold and uh, yes, decided to use my experience on of building a business and um, selling a business and then consulting into the corporate world. So uh, it's always had a bit of a, an engineering uh, kind of background, but um, engineering is quite sought after in the consulting world because you have a different way of looking at things as opposed to maybe your accountants. You, you, you geared towards looking for innovative solutions. Um, not always well received, but quite often look, looked, up, looked up upon. And what are your favorite clients? Without naming names. Well, that's that is uh, it's a bit of a difficult question because I'm I'm passionate about business as a whole, really, and um, bringing about um, positive change and improvement. So I have never restricted myself from uh, a particular client, but most often I've found myself in, as I say, engineering type background uh, around management processes, team building um, and what we call capacity management. You know, very often you have a situation where a business is geared towards financial budgets, but they don't always have the people budgets. Mm-hmm. And you need to have the, the right people in the right positions in order to deliver the budgets from a financial point of view. So it's quite interesting that you, you have your FDs or your CFOs that come up and provide stretch targets to the teams and say, right, you guys in sales need to go and do X plus 15%. And you guys in production, you need to produce X plus 17 and a half percent. 
and off you go now kind of thing. But you've got to have the right people in the right positions. And then once you have that, you've got to make sure that your systems are adequately um, structured so that you can deliver an end-to-end -end product, whether it's a service or product that you are producing. Okay, now if there's any background noise of somebody digging in my garden, so hopefully nobody can hear that. <laughs> but, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. I think the people side of things is often overlooked in a purely consulting or as you say budget setting capacity how have you found because we we talk a lot about culture and embedding that that's some of our core um models and frameworks how have you found entering that world culturing culture and is quite difficult because it's often seen as a luxury in smme uh, type businesses and it's often often underplayed so people don't see it as being nuts and bolts in delivering bottom line profit to the business. Mm. So it's, it can sometimes be a hard sell mm -hmm. uh, to a, an SME as far as saying, well, we need to look at your culture. Or we need to look at the way that your vision is, is structured. And um, you, you sometimes need to combine that with other aspects of a business. So, being in a coaching environment, I'm sure Rebecca, you all agree that it's absolutely critical and uh, something that needs to be first and foremost in the staff and the people that work in a business. But ironically, sometimes it takes a bit of convincing to get businesses yeah. to spend time on those aspects. Yeah, it, it, it is ironic, but once they have, they can speed up. I, I've just spoken to a client I started working with just about um, 18 months ago and we started with purpose, vision and values and they now, I've just spoken to their strategic director, they're now at the stage where they've got a handle on productivity, on profit per division within the business, on accountability and responsibility, on how people are spending their time and and that has come from the culture piece, which people don't often connect. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, so what's clear to everybody is that you are uh, South African. You have a wonderful South African accent, and I promise not to mention the recent Lions tour in 2021 when... <laughs> when the Lions team beat the Springboks. And I've promised not to mention that. Uh, what brings you to the UK? Why are you here? So I have spent a lot of time, and by the way, Rebecca, it's just the first game. There's two more games coming up. So <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Africa, working all across Africa. And um, I have a lot of experience with multinationals that have offices in Africa. So in many ways, I have been involved at the micro, microeconomic level, if you like, of businesses setting up branches and divisions in the African region. Okay. And I have also spent some time in North America and also in Europe. But recently, 
I have enjoyed my time working in the United Kingdom, and I have now taken the decision to do most of my work in this area. My family have joined me here, and um, we thoroughly enjoy the British sense of humor, as dark as it is, <laughs> and the ethos in and around the business environment. How, how is it different to South Africa? Well, it's a lot more developed, and um, it's, uh, it's really a pleasure dealing with uh, a lot of systems that work. It allows you to focus on uh, good business principles as opposed to what might be uh, socioeconomic issues and other complexities around politics and that, which often detract away from uh, your core business values. Mm. So it's quite refreshing to put into practice what we've learned over the years and not have to focus on those other sort of uh, important issues in and around the third world environment. Yeah, we, we take those for granted, don't we? But even working our software developers for the Fuel My Business app are based in South Africa and even their internet connection you know, was was sometimes so unreliable and weather dependent that you just take it for granted that our internet pretty much works 99% of the time, uh, certainly in the cities anyway, I'm not sure about rural areas, but there it's a little bit touch and go and sometimes the electricity was a little bit touch and go. And yeah, you're right. You're not thinking about any of those things when you're running a business in the UK. And we're really lucky, um, sure. definitely. Okay, so you're, you're basing yourself uh, down in the south of England. Where do you want to see clients? Most of my clients would be in and around the, the Brighton through to London area. Okay. Uh, it's a very sort of short commute, but um, we'll leave Manchester and those regions to yourself. <laughs> so uh, very excited to work in the Brighton area and uh, in and around the, the London industrial parks. Okay, good stuff. And what, you know, if somebody's thinking of taking the plunge, particularly if, because your, your track record in management consulting is pretty damn impressive. Marcelo, and, and when you first started talking to me about coming on board as a partner, I went, are you sure? You know, what, what can we give you that you've not already done? And, and what kind of words of advice do you have for people who, who are very experienced in the consulting world about the steps you've taken? Well, I think the advantage of working with a TriCrest partner is that it allows an independent view of someone who's not emotionally involved in the business. Mm. And my experience is that that is quite invaluable because it allows one to come to the point quite directly. And you can say things which maybe people that are in the business, whether it's been from a, an equity point of view or a management point of view would really struggle to do. So it takes that personal aspect out of it and allows the focus to be on business principles, which are often very important. You find that businesses sometimes develop bad habits and when you're in them from day to day, you don't always get to see or identify those. 
So when you have a TriCrest partner that comes in and does work in a business, it allows us to take that fresh approach that we're talking about. And also businesses are always in a state of evolution. Uh, we now have this new norm that we're talking about post-COVID uh, and businesses are resetting. And it's a great opportunity now to structure your business for growth and for, for this new norm that we talk about. And in consul consulting jargon, we talk about our PDCA cycle, our Plan, Do, Check, Act um, environment. And depending where you, you actually um, encounter a business, it'll be at different stages. Mm. And a business is never static. There's always room to sort of realign and slightly improve and, and hopefully bring about cost savings and process improvement. So they really are often uh, ways and there's often low-hanging fruit that one can immediately bring about a very healthy return on investment for potential clients. Okay. And I think what's different about us is we, we stay the course and we actually build a relationship with a client and we monitor how our changes are having an impact on the business. And that really is important because, you know, management consultants in large organizations are very keen on delivering a 250-page report and dropping it on the desk and say, there we are, we've earned the fees. Well, it's quite different in the SMME environment because we need to make sure that the, the changes that have been agreed with together with management are having the desired effect and impact on the business. And if they're slightly off mark, we are in a position to then tweak and adjust and make sure that we're getting the benefits we would like to. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a much more bespoke approach. We, we, don't, we have our tools and our frameworks, but it's not a rigid process it very much is well what have we got that suits you now Let, let's and the analysis we do a fact find don't we um but it, it's it you know it's not pages and pages of spreadsheets that's for sure um but yeah there's that that adjustment that we make to meet the needs of the business where it's at at that moment in time and actually marcelo and you'll know this you tend to see clients each month and the first thing we ask isn't it is right what's changed in the last month because you pitch up thinking you're probably going to do one thing but they could have I've pitched up to clients and they've literally bought an entirely new business <laughs> since I last saw them and and you go oh okay well what we were going to do we probably won't do that because we possibly need to do this instead right now I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's that is certainly a benefit of doing what we do. Is it's um it, there's no, there's very seldom dull a dull client. There's always stuff that we're learning. And uh yeah, it's it's great to learn together with our clients. Yeah. Okay, right. So we people need to get to know you. Um what, what do you do outside of work apart from move your entire family from one continent to another? When you're not doing that, Marcelo, what do you do? Gosh, I'm very involved in uh, conservation. There's a lot of uh, of 
animals and plants and trees and that that need help. And um, most of those are spread across Africa. So very involved in rhino conservation. I enjoy playing golf. I enjoy the outdoors. Um, very interesting how what one can learn playing a round of golf with, uh, with people. Uh, and uh, yes, just enjoy really an active life, I suppose. Very much an outdoors type person and, and enjoy reading as well. Lots of uh, good business literature out there that you can learn from. Did you spend 13 months in rhino conservation? Yes, that's right. I took a sabbatical a few years back and together with the family, we went from Cape to Cairo over 13 months, bringing about and, uh, well, introducing new uh, technology to save rhinos, um, really to do with the horn, because everything with rhino horn is people believe that it's a magic cure for cancer, high fever, all kinds of things. So we had to demyth some of those theories and also bring in some new technologies in rhino conservation. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Well, um, I, I love working with you, Marcelo. It is an absolute delight. Um, and I think anybody, any business owner will be very lucky to have you by their side. You have a people maybe won't have caught this on the pod but you have a very wicked sense of humor <laughs> you've got to enjoy what you're doing Rebecca yeah you do um and have you joined a golf club yet in Brighton I haven't my club's are on the water so unless I'm going to be throwing golf balls it's not going to work oh no when does all your stuff arrive very soon very soon I could I could borrow some clubs, but I might just blame them for my poor shots. If I know anything about golfers, you definitely would blame them for your poor shots. Great. <laughs> uh, okay, that's marvellous. Thank you so much for your time today. And I, I, before you and I got to know each other, I had put management consultants in a sort of very odd, highbrow sort of, not very accessible category and I have now have a better understanding of what management consultants do in corporates uh, and actually what we do really is a, a true blend of coaching and consulting and you've taken to it like a duck to water because you ask brilliant questions. Great thank you very much you're very kind Rebecca. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. You can find us at tricrest.com and you can find Fuel My Business there too. Answer the 12 questions in less than 60 seconds and find out exactly what's happening in your business and then even better, learn how to fix it. Did you know you can access our Tricrest partners through Fuel My Business too? Just upgrade your subscription and you can get access to them in a group coaching session once a month or even one-to-one. -one. Enjoy.